Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cobb, and we're with comic Lily Lester. Lester, how the hell are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for coming on. And I, I follow you online. So you've been doing online comedy during the quarantine, at least online comedy. And I follow you at the Lily Lester. You're the only Lily Lester that matters in comedy, at least. Thank you so much. That really <laughs> means a lot. <laughs> but also lilylester.com. And I'm not going to say that tongue twister five times fast because it'll come out as something totally inappropriate. <laughs> But yeah, how have you been staying busy? You've been doing Zoom shows or Instagram live shows? Or are you are you starting out on the in the parks and on the rooftops? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of Zoom shows, um, like like too many. Honestly, I'm like overwhelmed. <laughs> so what's too what's too many? Like you have you have two, and then you go to a park, and then you have three Twitch Twitch and Instagram live shows. Well, I have yet to do any park or rooftop shows. I did. I had coronavirus. Um, mm. So I definitely stayed inside still say it was a while ago, but I'm still, you know, trying to trying to be safe. Um, but yeah, doing too many Zoom shows to the point where I'm like, why did I do the show with three people? And it's just the host and her mom. Oh, because the mom, <laughs> the mom loves Lily Lester now. You made a fan. Totally. One at a time. That's, that's sort of my my goal. <laughs> Yes, yeah, slowly you're just taking the entire New York City, and that's why you got the Lily Lester, because people people admit greatness. They see you, and they're like, no, that's the Lily Lester. Yeah, if you name it yourself, then people will follow. <laughs> but it sounds like this coming up after a successful stint at NYU Musical Theater. What was that like? Did you do the study abroad thing? I had Natalie Gifford on, and they, they say that NYU... Uh, pushes uh, studying abroad and you're able to do you know theater abroad in Italy and in England do you do anything like that I I did not but I do know Natalie that's so funny oh, cool. um, yeah I I never took advantage of any of that I sort of um, felt like my program was in another country already um, <laughs> we were like fully separated from the rest of the school we sort of seemed like aliens um, <laughs> Just like rolling on the floor making sounds with like uh, most of our classes. <laughs> is this a thing? I think this is a thing. Rolling on the floor, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a whole technique, but I don't think um, <laughs> I don't think it's really done anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's now known as the Lily Lester. You have to roll around the floor. But, exactly. But you do stand up comedy, and so it sounds like before, where were you kind of doing it? Did you have regular shows that then went online, and that's how you're getting all the Zoom shows? Um, yeah, pretty much. I was do I was hosting a lot of mics, just sort of like running around doing the Manhattan scene. Um, I was like just starting to do some Brooklyn stuff, and then quarantine hit. Um, so yeah, I'm mostly doing Zoom shows from like contacts made through the Manhattan, like <laughs> lots lots of a. Uh, old white guys but that's okay <laughs> those are other if you get in good with those old white guys they can put you on you, you can you can become a, a club comic before you ever go out to brooklyn totally i'm the token white girl <laughs> <laughs> and i mean were you finding that you know were you hearing that the audiences were pretty attentive at, at brooklyn like some of those brooklyn shows i'm hearing that you could do a mic and people actually pay attention yeah the, I, I honestly because someone asked me they were like what what places are you going to miss the most? And like, I really am going to, I'm already missing all the weird, you know, shows that people were already doing in like back rooms and like rented out whatever is. It's like people, people who have nothing better to do on a Wednesday night, I guess. Um, that, that, that was sort of my favorite um, audience. 
Yeah, they want to see a, a train wreck full of open micers who are uh, who are unfortunately bringing down the Lily Lester show. It's like, don't you guys know? I mean, they come for me. They don't come for you. Yeah. I, so, so I think you said my name like five times. I think you've said hit the five-time mark on my name. Good, yeah. When, when you say it five times, people start rolling around on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is cults and things like that. And I think that, you know, you're going to have a cult of people rolling around on the floor because you're so hilarious. They're on the floor laughing. And so, yeah, wow. yeah you've been getting into, you know, cults and religion and who isn't because there's about 80,000 wonderful, perfect documentaries about, you know, people like, you know, the the you know, the fucking Oregon cult. What was that called? The Yeah. Um, that was amazing. The guy Ocho, yeah. Yeah, Ocho. Ocho. The, the super <laughs> serious people who are still just saying Ocho with super reverent tones. Right. But also things like Jim Jones. Like, that guy was fun. That guy was a freak. The people, the guy who brought him down to, what, South America or whatever, and then everybody killed themselves with Kool-Aid. Which ones are you yeah. watch? What interests you? What do you love about cults? If you could start your own cult, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Well, I think I'm obsessed with cults because, well, I think I have like all of the traits of someone who would join one, um, <laughs> which is kind of why I feel like maybe I got into comedy and other communities in my life. But yeah, what are some um, of those traits that have you being a cult follower, but also a comedian? <laughs> I'm like super impressionable. Um, <laughs> I've always been, but I also have like a weird like I'm always like trying to rebel so it's like the per like it's like the perfect amount of rebellion while also completely <laughs> following along what's going on that's great yeah your parents are in a religion so you're like now I'm gonna rebel and then <laughs> subsequently immediately join a cult which is kind exactly. of exactly yeah. yeah um and my whole family is like super Jewish but then also our extended family not my parents luckily my extended family is like in this weird um, I don't even know what it is. It's a cult. It is a cult. And it's like, it's like, they call it like a way to pray. It's like a, it's like a group and it's like non-denominational and I've always been really freaked out by it. So I think that's also my obsession with it is that it's so close to home, but yeah. it's also so not. So how is it manifesting itself in ways that creep you out? Because the way to pray in and of itself sounds pretty benign. Totally. I think it's like the the familial like obsession with it like as though it is the answer like it yeah. is the way and i'm like i do yoga i get like similar feelings i think you guys have taken this too far <laughs> just sitting there and praying can be very relaxing i think you guys are mistaking one for the other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but so i watched i've been watching like like actual cult documentaries but then like um i don't know if you know about nexium Yes, that was the one where the chick from Smallville what what had everybody branded with uh with tattoos near their genitalia. Yeah. Super fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows about that just because it's like, dude, that chick did that? That's fucking cool. I know. Yeah, she's like hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her just being a hardcore dominatrix and forcing these people. She's like the the Ghislaine Maxwell or whoever the fuck that uh that yeah. Epstein girl is. Exactly. Ghislaine or however you say her name. I prefer to say Ghislaine just because yeah. it's funnier. And I don't think it is. Like, I hear these victims saying it's Ghislaine. And I'm like, nah, man, Ghislaine. That's the only way you pronounce that lady's name. It's not like she deserves <laughs> respect. That's her no. pronunciation. Like, I don't care what the fuck she told you to call her. Call her Ghislaine. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, the Nexium thing, how was that allowed to flourish? And, and what are the, you know, the cult leaders? Like, so being an impressionable follower is one thing. But you would need the right cult leader. So if you, you know, what are the kind of attributes that you see in a, in a cult leader that would turn you on or turn you off? Like if you, you know, if you were getting into, I guess Ted Bundy's not a cult follower, but like what, what things turn you on in a cult leader and what things turn you off? 
Yeah. Celibacy, celibacy is a turn on or turn off because there was also that one, something God, dear God, or something like that. It was the one on uh, Netflix, and the guy pretty much had sex with all the male, you know, cameramen, etc. Oh my God! And, and no, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, at one point, one of the talking heads was like. I'm so I'm so sorry what happened to you and she was talking to the cameraman and it was then we realized that the cameraman was an abuse victim of <gasps> this cult leader so yeah what do you like in a cult leader and what don't you like okay celibacy hard turn off um <laughs> that cult though sounds crazy I have to look that yes. one up um yeah I well I think in, in watching the Nexium one and hearing the cult leader speak, and he he was just like super misogynistic like his whole philosophy was like you know, um, women are subservient and you have to like understand these roles. And that's why those women were branded and stuff. Um, so those are definitely turnoffs for me. <laughs> and when I'm like looking for a cult leader, here's what I look for. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like someone who I'm, I'm also like very big into acapella. I'm like in the acapella world. <laughs> um, so the, just, cult like, a leader, the cult leader should be able to blend into an acapella arrangement. Exactly. That is top priority. Yes. <laughs> but um, like the feeling that I get from that community is pretty similar to a cult. It's like, you know, people singing together, everyone sort of like, you know, being in this community and being open and having discussions about like existential stuff and like everyone's like we're wearing all the same outfits and chanting or whatever. <laughs> I dig that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so some of the same things that kind of attract you to acapella are, are the same things that would attract you to a cult. And if there was a cult that was made consistently of comedians in New York City, what uh -huh. did you notice about all those all those comedians in New York City that everybody would have in common? Like, would they be neurotic? Would each of them have anxiety or depression? Or would each of them be selfish or what? Oh, my God. That's a really cool idea. Um, they would definitely <laughs> we all... Start. It sounds great. Yeah, cop, cop, I know. You know, maybe you could be the ringleader because you know the comedian. Oh, I'm so down. Um, <laughs> they definitely are all riddled with anxiety and depression. Um probably a lot of them are Jewish, but like also like, like culturally Jewish. So even if you're not Jewish, if you, fit, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you enjoy, if you enjoy massive ball soup, you can join. Um, yeah. And everyone's just sort of like, fuck the world. We hate it. Um, but also but we like, let's yeah, we need about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we need a approval, but fuck it. I mean, exactly. <laughs> There shouldn't be more, more than one comedian anyway, so fuck this, but I'm going to do it. I, totally. I, I love that. And then if you were to be a leader ever, what do you have on lock? Like, what are the attributes of Lily Lester that, you know, would, would it just be, you know, a great singer being hilarious? Like, what would attract everybody to you as the cult Ooh. leader? And would um, you have sex you have sex with everybody in the cult? Because, I mean, it sounds like, you know, being a prude is a turnoff. Yeah, everyone in the cult has to have sex with me. That is the rule. <laughs> um, I mean, you only recruit the attractive people of course but then of course to have sex with you, yeah. <laughs> well i mean then again i would only i would only invite people who were my type exclusively so even if you don't find them attractive they're attractive to me um but yeah i think i would be like super fun um i'd be like i i'm pretty manipulative i think i could do that i would like yeah. <laughs> make people think that um that they're doing whatever they're doing is wrong and they need me yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also make them laugh or whatever. And, and I guess some of that was in the Nexium and one of your other topics, which is which is feminism and the whole like, you know, women need to be subservient. And of course, he probably recruited people with, with that in mind, like people mm -hmm. who had, you know, their self worth had been, 
you know, diminished to zero, and he's just going to kind of make sure it stays there, but periodically make them feel good. Like, so yeah, so what about, you know, you know, what in feminism can speak to that type of cult? You know, is there a type of woman who would respond well to the Nexium cult? And, and what's that? What's the role of feminism in kind of bringing that person into feminism rather than allowing them to go off into a cult somewhere? Is he teaching them that women have worth or what? Or, or the people who had kind of put you down before uh, were doing it for their own self-interest and that's why you should kind of get out of that trap? Ooh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the Nexium one, it's interesting because they pretended like it was this huge feminist thing. They were like, this is how uh -huh. to be super empowered as a woman is to be a subservient woman to a man. <laughs> oh yeah, like 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 being yeah, being, the whole differences in sexes is not necessarily bad. Like right. you, oh, you should be proud to to embrace certain you know attributes that have been associated with women over time. Yeah, they were very like it's biological. Ah. Um yeah, so maybe I'll just like flip it on its head um <laughs> and tell everyone that it's actually more biological to let a matriarchal society come out of this um, uh, and just go like full dominatrix. Um, I think I would just make it like the opposite and I think yeah. that'd be really empowering for everybody, <laughs> including yeah. the men. And just... I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that because then you can also be like, okay, the, the, what makes a man a man is obviously having a lot of sex with Lily Lester. And of course, I right. recruited each of these guys to look exactly like I want them to look. And so if you're not fucking me tw 24 hours a day, you're not embracing that masculinity that Lily Lester really needs. Wow, you are going to like be on my website. I think <sighs> your quote specifically. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. And you know, everybody be rolling around on the floor. And where, where does a cult have to take place? I guess it has to take place in an insular, you know, like even the Wolf of Wall Street, like back in the day when he wanted to create his his band of brokers, he, he brought them out to a little enclave in Long Island, because that way, everybody just hung out with each other. And they didn't learn that certain things they were doing were totally inappropriate. Like, you know, yeah. if they had got, been on Wall Street, other people would be like, what? You're, you're not complying with these things. You're getting this exorbitant commission. You're breaking the law. This is awful. And so, and I guess the Nexium thing was upstate New York. Like, where would you, yours take place? Ooh, well, we would definitely have like a headquarter um, type of, I've, I've definitely thought about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely just for like the episode, yeah, of course. Just oh, yeah, episode. no, not like not like you, every day all the time. <laughs> In between no. watching documentaries, I'm not planning my own cult, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but definitely have like a headquarters in New York City, just so it's like accessible. Um, and then... <laughs> we get out there via the train because we don't have our own digs yet. We, right, exactly. <laughs> I got to recruit some like really um, rich donors, oh, yeah. and then we'll be in. We'll have like a really nice getaway, like um, in the mountains of Massachusetts, like the Berkshires type. <laughs> yeah, you get out there via love bus, and everybody would just fuck like crazy. Totally. Wow, you're making me want to do this more and more. <laughs> yeah, I really think that we should start. I, mean, <laughs> I think people are hearing the the genesis of the next great cult. I know, and it also like have to be I'm a fair leader. <laughs> you're not forcing anybody to do something they don't want to do like the nexium guy he's not really in trouble for just being awesome i mean he, he probably you know broke a law or two like he probably i don't got somebody underage or you know help people against their will by threatening them with with violence or something like we're not going to do any of that people want to be there no. fucking right? yeah and if they don't they can leave i'm not going to force anybody <laughs> um it's easy to like, get out of the berkshires without our love bus they can just exactly leave. they can walk it's fine <laughs> 
I love that. And so it'd be full of like, it would be in the language of empowering feminism. And like, who are some of the authors that you've read over time that really nail feminism for you? Like, what do you think the correct brand of feminism is? Because I think there's a couple takes on what, you know, the Nexium guy has, has his take on feminism, which is to, you know, each gender should embrace the attributes historically attributed to that gender. But of course, that's not your take on feminism. Yeah, no, I think I've been mostly influenced by like, I mean, my older sister's obsessed with Dorothy Parker. And um, I think I've just like in having my sister be like a huge influence in my life, been also um, influenced in that way. And her whole philosophy is just like, fuck everything. I'm going to be an alcoholic and just like say funny one liners. (laughs) Um, And that's that's feminism, of course. That is feminism to me, is being an alcoholic and just funny one-liners. But also um, saying fuck everything because if the society is set up to benefit males, fuck everything. And yeah. just live your own truth and your your own uh, uh, maternal, you know, female, female, feminine, you know, embrace your own femininity, which is highly individualized because fuck society, which is run by men and for men. Yeah, exactly. And um, I also think in the last couple of years, I've just been figuring out, like, how to also... Uh, be comfortable in like masculinity and like the masculine traits that like women possess, I think are often like looked at as like, you know, you're being a bitch or you're being assertive or all this stuff. And it's like the people, and I realize the people I respect the most are like the comedians or the whoever are the women who are like so assertive and so comfortable with who they are and do not give a shit. And then waiting for men to meet them at that level. Yeah. Cause there, yeah. there has to be men out there who are not scared by that. Oh yeah. I'm, I've met, I've been lucky enough to meet a couple and I think also in the comedy world there's like um there are some really cool guys there's also some really terrible guys um but it is a play it is like a nice equalizer of like we're all getting up on stage and saying um whatever we want so at a certain point we are really equal in that way yeah and so yeah what 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 kind of things is Lily Lester talking about on stage that could come across as assertive to males in the audience or males on the bill um, I definitely talk about, uh, being a woman a lot, not in like a, my period way, which is like, <laughs> I love the voice. That voice was so great. I mean, I think part of it is that like, I really do. I was bullied a lot by the girls who, um, to me encapsulate like pretty white, blonde, skinny girls. Yeah. Like that, I was like bullied by them. So I make fun of them a lot. So I feel like that, um, <laughs> that Everybody really can get behind that, right? Exactly. And then from there, I can be like, by the way, feminism. And everyone's like, oh, I see your point. <laughs> That's great. But, but in bullying you, they probably would be very, very assertive. And in kind of making fun of them, you're making fun of, you know, a woman showing a masculine quality. But you're, you're saying being assertive at the expense, you know, just kind of telling jokes, you know, at your fellow classmate or something is not assertiveness. It's just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, like, I was really fun and cool, and I don't know why you're bullying me. <laughs> but then that means that you, you, you have to make sure that the things that you're making fun of, you're not also kind of exemplifying that trait, you know? So, like, making fun of these women on stage, it's awesome because the whole, the whole crowd is laughing at it. But is it any different than them making fun of you and laughing at it back in the day? Hmm. Uh, not, I guess they're not in the room and you probably are using composite characters anyway. It's not, you're not making, you're not saying Cindy Johnson was a bitch, you know, she's blonde, right. it's fake blonde, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, I usually, um, like I have this joke about like the bachelor and how like, um, how I would like, 
an entire season of people who look like me on The Bachelor would be like the best season ever because it would just be like way better conversations and like uh-huh. the man would just like seem really dumb in comparison. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah, I just, it's more like the, I make fun of the stereotype of like the women who would be on The Bachelor or like if there are women in the audience who look like girls who bullied me in high school, I make a point to be like, you look like you bullied me in high school. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it is, I guess it is, that's funny. One finger at the people, people three back at yourself. I should yeah. maybe look back into that, but. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, as long as you acknowledge it somewhere, like once you get the laughs, you can back into it. You'd be like, well, I guess I'm doing the same thing and then get it. Yeah. Get that would be your transition into personal material. But you know, your, your new bachelor is kind of reverse Lily Lester cults. Like it, as cool as it would be to have one dude and 20 Lily Lesters, we want one Lily Lester and 20 dudes that she's totally attracted to. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> That's like a personal life thing, and then The Bachelor would just be like for entertainment. <laughs> Dude, I love it so much, and we're going to follow her everywhere. She's the Lily Lester across social platforms, and she's also lilylester.com. Lily Lester, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.